starting horn and starting line of the Falmouth Road Race, one of the world's premier middle distance running events with 10,000 runners at the starting line, tens of thousands in prize money at the finish line, and 75,000 spectators along this idyllic seaside route on Cape Cod. This event had far humbler beginnings. It started 51 years ago with only 90 runners on a seven-mile pub crawl from Woods Hole to Falmouth Center. That was to benefit a local track team. At today's starting line, only one runner is left from that first race, Dr. Brian Salzberg of the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, the first one was, I still remember, August 15th, 1973. It was August 15th, it was a Wednesday afternoon. It was low 50s, pouring, driving rain, 40 mile an hour headwind on surf drive. Wow. And I figured out about halfway through that you could tuck in behind somebody <laughs> and draft them. But I, uh -huh. you know, at first I didn't realize that. That was but your physics background, I that's guess. That's right. Dr. Salzberg is a professor at a distinguished medical school, but he's completed a few Falmouth races against doctor's orders, including one with a brain tumor and another on torn ligaments. And I did the seven-mile course on crutches in 2008. Wow. And as far as I know, I still have the crutch record for the course. <laughs> if any participant is poised to match his record, it would be 14-year-old wheelchair athlete Madeline Wilson. We met her at the Health and Wellness Expo before the event. All kinds of products and services on display. But Madeline was much more focused on her upcoming race. Yeah, this will be my eighth time. Your eighth time. How is that possible? How old are you? I'm 14. So you've been doing this since you were six years old? Seven. That's remarkable. And do you look forward to it every year? Oh, I love this race. It's like my favorite race of the year. I'm Robert Pease, and this is My Body Odyssey on the rewards and challenges of the running and racing lifestyle this episode featuring a much-loved major running event, the Falmouth Road Race, and the optimistic spirit that courses through it. Good luck, everybody. When's the last time you accomplished so much? In tribute to his achievement, Dr. Salzberg began his 51st race with the elite professional runners, all long-limbed and leanly muscled, seemingly born to sprint the seven miles up and down the steep shoreline to cheering crowds at the finish. But then comes wave after wave of non-elite runners crossing the starting line, people of all ages, sizes, and abilities, many with charity groups. We'll meet one charity runner, Carol, a veteran of many marathons, author of a book on running. Carol didn't begin to run until about age 50, a dozen years ago. But it's been mostly downhill ever since, even on the uphills. And yesterday there was a tornado in East Providence, and here I am running up and down the hills, and the guys that work it on the road said, there's a tornado warning. And then I start hearing the sirens go up. I'm like, oh, no, there ain't. I got to finish my hill work. <laughs> so, so I'm just saying, I guess when you get in the zone of running, you just, it makes you feel good. It just feels so good that you just keep on doing it, you know? You just keep on doing it, like Carol, Brian, Madeline, and thousands of others here at the road race, mile after mile, day after day, which brings up that age-old nature versus nurture question. Were these and other dedicated runners essentially born to run? 
or does the joy of running, the runner's high, or the zone of running that Carol enjoys, does that hook people on the habit of running and bring them together for celebrations of their sport like this hugely popular event? Let's bear that question in mind while learning about the evolution of the Falmouth Road Race from one who's been here for every single stride of it, Dr. Brian Salzberg. First year was just 92 runners. The, the winner was a, a pizza maker from Michigan named Dave Duba, uh, <laughs> who happened to be on vacation on the Cape. But third year, they got Frank Shorter to come. Wow. So it was a contest between Rogers and Shorter. And that was, that's when you, we really realized it was going to be a big thing. And there are certainly things going on in society and the media that are promoting running at that, yeah. that time. And, yeah, and that was, to a large extent, that was... Um, you know, due to Frank Shorter, he'd won the Olympics the year he won the gold medal in Munich the year before, yeah. and so people became, you know, no American had won the Olympic gold medal in the marathon since 1908, I think, yeah. and uh, so that was the beginning of the running boom. And then, you know, Rogers, you know, ended up winning four Boston's and four New Yorks. Right. So when you ran your first Falmouth Road Race, if I remember correctly, you had not really done a lot of running. Yeah. What, what sort of possessed you to start competing without really a lot of training? Well, you know, I had a, it was a history of heart disease in my family. Uh, my father had died quite young. Mm-hmm. And um, in 1968, I was a graduate student at Harvard, and um, uh, Ken Cooper had just published Aerobics, and that was quite a, a popular uh, running book. And I read that, and I thought I would start doing that. I started running, you know, a mile or two around the streets in Cambridge in 1968, but I never got serious about it. Yeah. But um, in the summer of 73, I got serious. I was a postdoc in Woods Hole, and I had my own lab in Woods Hole for, for 25 years total. And um, so it became sort of a natural thing to run the road race every summer when I was here. And, you know, your background in physiology and in running, do you think that you were, in a sense, kind of born to run in a way that these other people were not? I mean, you've outlived and outrun so many people. Do you think you've worked harder, trained smarter, or do you think you have a lot of innate advantages? That's a really good question, and I don't know the answer to that. Um, I think, I don't think I have any special ability. I just, I think the nice thing about running, for me, is you get out of it pretty much what you put into it. Dr. Salzberg initially studied physics prior to specializing in neuroscience. And that's an interesting equation he's proposing there. You get out of running what you put into it. But interesting thing is, Dr. Salzberg did not feel the same benefit from his first aerobic sport. I tried swimming as an undergraduate uh, in the uh, late 50s, early 60s. And I went to the, the first you know, practice session. We did an hour of calisthenics, and then we did a uh, 20 laps pulling, just with the homes, 20 laps kicking, and 20 laps swimming. Wow. And I went back to my room, and I figured I'd just, you know, lie down for before dinner. I woke up the next morning. <laughs> and the next day, I went out, did the same thing. Same thing happened. And after the third day, I said, this is not for me. <laughs> Dr. Salzberg's odyssey as a runner has been anything but sleep-inducing. He's completed over 20 marathons in addition to every Falmouth road race. 
both in difficult weather and with various injuries and medical conditions. I've had, yeah, just a slew of injuries. Uh, some of them running related, but most of them not running related. And they always, always happen uh, away from Falmouth. <laughs> so they never stopped me from running the Falmouth Road Race. Interesting. Uh, the, um, yeah, it's quite a list. Do you mind giving us that list? <laughs> no, it's it's really, it's so I uh, I had um, a benign brain tumor in 2003, and my neurosurgeon said, "Well, if you're going to have a brain tumor, this is the one you want to have." It was a cerebellar angioblastoma, and he said it almost never recurs. And seven years later, it recurred. Mm. Exactly the same tumor in the same place. It was size of a lemon, and uh, this time he said, "Yeah, you're not running Falmouth." And I said, I'm running Falmouth. <laughs> and he said, well, I'm, I'll make a deal with you. Uh, you can do Falmouth as long as you walk it with a heart rate monitor and you don't let it get over 100. So wow. I said, okay, deal. So I, of course, I, I went up the hills and you got over 100, but, but I, was, I did, did fine. But then uh, the most serious <laughs> injury I had was um, I tripped. Uh, in early August, no, in mid-August, uh, in 2008, tripped at home. I was rushing into the kitchen, and um, I landed on my arch and sprained four or five ligaments in my foot. And by then, I think it was it was eight days before Falmouth Road Race. Oh my gosh! And so I came up to I came up to Falmouth, and I knew the podiat one of the podiatrists in town who had been a runner, quite a good runner, and. He said, well, I know how much it means to you. So he taped up my foot and gave me a pair of crutches. Wow. And I did the seven mile course on crutches in 2008. We've been speaking with Dr. Brian Salzberg, who's run the Falmouth Road Race through every possible challenge we met several other runners with equally unshakable optimism at the Health and Wellness Expo the day before the race. That included Gary, a medical doctor, and his wife, Joan. They're celebrating their 40th anniversary, the race they've run together several dozen times. And my husband proposed to me in front of the Eiffel Tower right before the Paris Marathon um, 40 years ago. Wow. Yeah. So on the road race, we're celebrating our 40th anniversary. Wow. And were you running at that time or was you yeah. stationary for a moment during the proposal? The sun came out. The Eiffel Tower was there. One moment. Wow. Do you think you were kind of born to run and you see other people around you? Maybe they train hard. Maybe they train well, but they, they just weren't born to run in the same way that you folks are. Oh, no. You had nothing to do with born that way. Nothing at all. It's all training? No, it's not even training. It's just starting it. You know, you start. You start. Whether it's running around a tennis court or out and running around someplace. The neighborhood, running to the beach. And it's what happens is you enjoy it. Uh-huh. And once you enjoy it and you're good at it, it becomes a passion. It has nothing to do with being born that way. Nothing at Carol Crutchfield shares that passion for running. She combines that with compassion for those less fortunate as part of one of the many charity groups at the race. I'm running for the New England Patriots Charitable Foundation. And what does that benefit? Homelessness. We're making coats for the homeless so when they can't go into Pine Street Inn in the, in the winter, 
then they'll have a coat that actually makes into a sleeping bag. That's awesome. So have you run other charitable events for them? Many. Yes. And, and how much money, roughly, do you expect you might be able to, to make this weekend? Well, this time, the whole group, there's 21 of us, and we're expected to make around 50000 $60,000. So that's just for this run. But, I mean, we run Boston. We, we ran the Gillette Stadium Marathon back in 2016. This is Carol's first Falmouth race, but she's well-prepared. A military veteran and medical nurse, she also authored the book, And They Shall Run, which emphasizes the importance of daily nutrition, sleep, and training for the beginning runner. That attention to detail helped Carol not only finish dozens of marathons, but run right through the finish line of one event for an extra seven miles. And I just kept on running, and I was following somebody I thought was with our group. Come to find out, she wasn't with our group, but she was going somewhere. I didn't know where she was going. Finally, I decided I ran far enough, and I stopped and asked somebody which way which way back to the finish line and they were all laughing like finish line you mean Boston you're a little way from Boston yeah so you have probably I'm guessing outrun some of your contemporaries do you think that's because of nature because you're just genetically inclined to be able to run or do you think it's more nurture the main thing is is your mind's your worst enemy you got to get out the door as soon as you get out the door that's the best thing you can do that you got to get through your own head but i don't feel like doing anything so you got to make yourself get out the door and that's the hardest thing other than that anybody i think anybody most anybody i shouldn't say anybody because there's a lot of people that have medical conditions that will stop them from running but most people can run if they just put one foot in front of the other. No shortage of challenges Carol has faced in getting out the door to run during her dozen years in the sport, particularly during COVID. One thing I'll say, though, is my daughter almost died during the coronavirus, and I had to take care of her. And so I took time away from running. So I'm not as fast as I was. So I've been in training for this. It's been a struggle for me this time because... Number one, I'm not as young as I used to be. And number two, I had to take time away from her to take care of her. And I had to take care of my grandson at the same time. So the thing is, is when you don't run for a while, you've got to just walk, run. Like you get out there, you walk and you run a little bit. You walk and you run a little bit until you can just keep running. But when you do a race like this, you have them hills, you're going to be walk, running most of the time anyway. That's the way I don't beat myself up. If I can't like race the whole thing, if I get out there... I think that's good. And I think that's most people. They need to just get out there, not be afraid. Like, don't be afraid that you're not as fast as the next guy. Perhaps the most fearless participants at the Falmouth Road Race are, in fact, the wheelchair athletes. That's because they are the fastest group out there, navigating this narrow, hilly course past thousands of cheering fans at speeds up to 35 miles an hour. Madeline Wilson is 14 years old, but already a veteran of the sport and the event. Yeah, so I was born with spina bifida. So basically, I basically have no feeling. My back was never closed when I was born. It didn't close up properly. So now my I basically don't feel from my waist down. Falmouth is Madeline's favorite race. At the expo, we asked her about her most challenging moment at Falmouth so far. There was one that was a couple of years ago, and there was like a really bad headwind, so it was a little bit tough because I had to get through it and kind of 
figure out how to strategically get through it. So it was blowing up my face, so it was kind of tough. Well, that is tough. And after you finish the race tomorrow, do you get, you know, it's sometimes called the runner's high. Do you get the participants high where you feel like particularly good after the finish? Yeah, sometimes. I usually get it before the race because I'm always like energetic, like waiting to go and like kind of like, like I want to do this, like hurry up, let's go. Very next morning, Madeline did hurry up and go in that race, finishing fourth in 41 minutes over seven miles. Caught up with her just afterwards in the media tent reserved for elite athletes. And I asked her, with all that pre-race anticipation, was she able to sleep the night before? I don't know. It was really hard. I did really actually get a lot of sleep because, I mean, I was just, I feel like I had to, like, rest up. But then at the same time, I was just, like, so excited. How are the conditions today? I know a few years ago you were facing a tough wind. How was the wind for you today? It was all at my back, so it was really, really good. I feel like it was kind of easier, not just for me, but for everybody, because it's just, like, at your back, so it's not as bad. Oh, that's great. And any problems on the race today? Any uh, people who got in the way or any times you weren't feeling that great? Any muscle cramp or strain? Some of the parts of the course are a little tough, but that's really not that bad. Like, the last hill, I feel like, can be a little tough for anybody because it's just, like, you've, like, already done, like, six and three quarters of a mile. So it's, like, a quarter of a mile, just, like, uphill and then back down and then to the finish line. We also caught up with Dr. Salzberg just past the finish line of his 51st Falmouth run. I asked him if anything was different about this race, which he ran on an injured foot, that's strategically scheduled for surgery just after this year's event. Every year they have, uh, they used to try something different as far as the start goes. And this year, it was kind of bunched. Uh, I didn't like it very much. Uh, the whole first three miles or so, people were really, you know, having trouble passing. I see. Now you have your foot operation fairly soon. Uh, two weeks, yeah. And then, then no, no running probably for six months. Uh, yeah, slow, slow recovery of weight, slow weight bearing. Once they allow it, I'll start walking on the treadmill. I do, I do a lot of walking, and you know I probably won't be running until you know February or March. Uh, that'll give me enough time to get ready for next year's Falmouth. Dr. Brian Salzberg. 81 years young, he's just finished his 51st Falmouth Road race on a foot requiring surgery and extensive rehab, but he's already marking his calendar around next year's event, as many runners will do, build their schedules and even their marriage proposals around running and great running events like this one. And that may provide the more nuanced answer to our question of whether nature or nurture creates these dedicated lifelong runners and racers. Brian, Carolyn, Madeline, were very likely not born to run a race in strictly genetic terms, but they've steadily built upon some innate personality traits. Tenacity, fearlessness, love of competition keeps them training day after day in all kinds of weather, and which brings them back to this idyllic spot year after year on injured limbs, in wheelchairs, if necessary, on crutches to participate in the Falmouth Road Race. When's the last time you accomplished so much? 
Special thanks to the organizers of the race and to Treat Public Relations for access to the event this year. If you've not visited this beautiful corner of Cape Cod or witnessed this celebration of running, then mark your calendars, as Dr. Salzberg has already done, for 9 a.m. August 18th, 2024, and the 52nd running of the Falmouth Road Race. Next up on My Body Odyssey, a series on the rewards and challenges of cycling, with particular emphasis on cycling for cancer patients. First up, our visit to the Main Lighthouse Ride, another idyllic coastal event, this one in Portland, Maine. We rode along with Larry on his 40-mile lighthouse tour. He undertook that in his early 70s, only three months after chemo for prostate cancer. I got to admit, the fourth treatment, the last 30 miles I had on June 29th and 30th were a difficult 30 miles, but I, I did them, 15 a day. And then just last month, I rode 255 miles, and then we're into September. And we'll meet Rebecca, a yoga teacher in Portland who's long loved this ride, but not participated for several years due to COVID and a recurrence of endometrial cancer. The summer of 2022, I started up on my bicycle again. I got a late start because I had COVID in May. And then I had another health crisis completely, well, nothing is separate, right? My body was already compromised from everything else. We sure hope you'll join us for the main Lighthouse Ride episode and our cycling mini-series. But please also consider sharing us with a friend or two and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Many thanks for listening from the whole team here at My Body Odyssey, which is a Fluent Knowledge production, original music by Ryan Adair Rooney. <laughs>